views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella. It is a pleasure to have you here this week, and it is a pleasure, as always, to be joined by Evan and Elisa. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Oh, so good to see you guys. I'm in such a good mood. What a fantastic show we have today. This is going to be a ride. This is going to be an absolute ride. Like, one of those, you know, willing to sit in line for 80 minutes you know because you didn't get have time to get the fast pass and it's the middle of summer but it's you're already, okay you're, already we're, it's we're, 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 you're already maxed out on fast passes for the day yeah you're, you're, that's how yeah. they get you yeah <laughs> now i want a dole whip so so thank you and boo <laughs> but, that's right but this line's okay because we got those turkey legs it just makes oh, it all okay. worthwhile they have so. turkey never mind they do have turkey legs not in line though no, you mm. get this is a great t- line, you Ryan. Get you figure the turkey this turkey legs and you eat them while you're in line. Come on. Oh, you're that guy who's making the whole line smell. <laughs> like, absolutely. oh man, like turkey legs in 90 degree heat in the middle of summer in Orlando. Absolutely. You're trying to just like haul ass on like one of those like Mickey pops mm-hmm. before it's just melting all over your shoes on the way to Space Mountain. It's just a thing. That's right. And everybody eats the chocolate ear part first. Even yeah. though that's, I know, but that's a, that's a rookie mistake because those chocolate ears are going to last the longest because they have the chocolate protection. You got to go for the creamy part on the bottom first. He's right, you know. Yo. Yo. Facts. This is enough for spitting. <laughs> My man's spitting. Oh. I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited, guys. Nothing, this but is... the, nothing but the best advice on this. Podcast. That's right. That's what we're here for. People this is think an advice this show. The real advice is don't go to Disneyland know. until you got your shots. How about that? There is yeah, that. There, That is advice right there. There okay, our guest coming even up, then. coming up after the commercial break. Really excited to talk to this guy, Jason Charles Miller. He's a recording artist, which is already pretty cool. But and this is me, like just trying to just do some serious fan service for Evan and Elisa here. He is a Twitch streaming musician and a voiceover artist who does a lot of work with video games and does a lot of geek culture stuff with Dungeons and Dragons. I'm just serving this guy up for you too. What? I'm so stoked. Uh. Hi, let me let you into my wheelhouse. Hello? There it is. <laughs> Welcome to my wheelhouse. And because it's your wheelhouse, guys, like I really hope you all can Is it throw full of wheels or is the house itself a wheel? I've always I'm, wondered that. Just... Okay. Depends on if you're holding the turkey leg or the little Mickey ear. <laughs> And whether you're vaccinated, of course. And you're- <laughs> um, Everybody so, get your vaccines. So, you know, this guy, but this guy is is your kind of performer. He's doing the kind of stuff in indie creation that you guys are doing. So I'm hoping you'll be able to toss him a lot more questions than I will because I'm going to be lost. And I know you guys are going to just pick up the thread and just, I- I'm so excited for what this discussion is going to be. Oh, I got nothing. And- this is great. <laughs> awesome. And so I tell you this. I tell you this because I want to get you happy because I'm going to start the show off with something I know that's going to make Evan sad. Oh, Evan, (laughs) apologies in advance, Evan. I know that you hate the Spotify isn't paying people enough stories. 
I know that, and I'm sorry. No, wait, slow down. Not the story, but the facts. It's the facts and the reality of life. That's right. Okay. Yeah, continue. No, I know. And I hate throwing this stuff at you because, you know, you. You, you, no one likes hearing these stories, but I had to at least. Just, I'm just gonna toss it out. This doesn't. Stories have to are long. bad. Living it really sucks, Ryan. <laughs> I yes. know. I know. <laughs> but hopefully, you can see the humor in how completely bat bleep insane this oh, latest humor. I Spotify love this. initiative is. Okay. All right. Let me hear it. Let so me hear Evan, it. I'm sure you're one of those people that is just not too pleased with the fact that Spotify is an eensy bit, not a hundred percent transparent about their. Uh, payout practices with musicians that is a, that is a way to, to put that sentence <laughs> okay <laughs> well you'll be happy to know evan that they have solved this problem it is transparency all the way forward enter, zeros for everybody that's right yeah. <laughs> enter the spotify loud and clear campaign Spotify has created a all new website where they are going to answer your questions about streaming payouts and give you all the facts that you need and by that, I mean they're going to just throw a bunch of PR spin at you and answer none of your questions. Yes. I have so, one question for them. Um, and it's just a bunch of expletives in a row. And, and here, well, here's what's funny about this website is they put up a bunch of FAQs about streaming. And these are obviously questions that they are in full control over, right? Because they're the ones writing these questions out for their website. So you would think that they would write questions that they would be 100% ready to answer well. You have the perfect spun answer already queued up. That's you're just right, writing the geez. question. You you're writing the question for your entire business model. Go yeah. for it. You focus group. I'm just getting flashbacks to game development right now, and I'm just like, <laughs> frequently asked questions. How can you guys afford to pay artists so much money? <laughs> Art, are you afraid of being too good of a streaming service? <laughs> How do you deal with the what fact that people love you too much, Spotify? Do you have any examples of the actual FAQ? I do. There's, oh, perfect. I, I don't want to depress Evan, but there's one particular uh, question I want to throw at you because their answer to it is so ridiculous. The question something along the lines of, hey, Spotify, I've heard you pay less than a cent per stream. Is that Yeah, true? like a lot less. <laughs> Yes, a lot less. Oh that's exactly what God. they wrote. They wrote, yeah. yeah, so much less. No. So much less than that. You guys don't even realize we're getting away with murder around here. It's un unheard of. Our CEO's a billionaire for no reason. Oh, my God, it's wild. Welcome to late-stage capitalism, and you're a creative? Sorry, get effed. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I, what I does wanna, the actual answer say? I want to create a version of this website where it's all the same questions, but Evan writes the, the real answers. Talk. The real talk version. Right. But no. what, what you, like, pointed out, Evan quite astutely is there's really <laughs> that is like, not that's okay. not a smart question for them to put in their faq because the no, answer no. to it is yes we do and that's depressing but pardon they tried Wait. they tried oh, to that, I thought that was the actual answer no they no what they what they tried to do was was uh what we what we in this business like to call a dodge uh an evade they uh you know they a, a parry if you will Wait. They, they basically their answer was not saying yes or no, because obviously if they answered it right, we'd all be coming after them with torches and pitchforks right now. What they said instead was, hey, guy, don't focus so much on what we pay per stream, because what really matters is that is how much we pay to rights holders. And we'll have, you know, we'll have, you know, we at Spotify pay more money to rights holders than Rice any holders. of the other music streaming services. The publishers! The publishers! What about the publishers? 
the labels, the rights yeah. holders. You mean right. the ones that are also like percentage owners of your company? Right. Thank you. So you guys have already done a really good job of pointing out one of the two things that's completely absurd about that answer. One, it's, you know, a lot of that money is going to labels through the mechanisms that they've created to over-reward the labels and under-reward indie artists. And by the way, a musician, Damon Krukowski, brought this up on Twitter when they were like, hey, as part of this transparency thing, how about you be transparent about the terms you have with major labels? But that was only one of the two things that was completely absurd about their answer. The second one, which... That's yes. A, JC writes in, I walked in and y'all already on late stage capitalism. Yeah, we good to see you, we comrades. Got, we got dark real quick. <laughs> so sharpen your pitchfork. Here's the other thing. When Spotify tells you that they pay more to rights holders than any other music streaming service, the answer is duh. You're the largest music streaming service in the world. You are twice as large as the next largest streaming service. If you're not paying more money to rights holders than any other streaming service, there's something even more wrong with your model than we even thought there was in the first place. This would be the like, rights holders are also capital investors in your company. That's right. That doesn't count. So this would be like if you told McDonald's, hey, McDonald's, we don't think you're paying your fast food workers enough money. And then McDonald's said, hey, We'll have you know, we pay more in total salaries to fast food workers <laughs> than any other fast food chain in the world. Wow. And technically that's true, but only because they're really, really big because they don't pay their fast food workers that much. Do we see the problem here? So, they don't. <laughs> well, they, they don't. Anyway, it's it a soulless out. company filled with soulless people. <laughs> also, nothing next, in there. Next topic. <laughs> Nothing in there about the payola practices that they may be doing for algorithmic preferences. Nothing maybe, in there yeah. maybe. About, okay. Uh, the hmm. other sources of income that Spotify is getting other than subscriptions and ad. Okay, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because one more syllable about Spotify, and I'm just going to make Evan despondent. And it's it's a really crappy story, but Too late. like we have to have, as Elisa called it, gallows humor over just how completely absurd this Spotify website is. So if you want to laugh and cry. Check out Spotify loud and clear. Why would you write a question that you had to dodge? I know. <laughs> um, again, flashbacks to it's, it's, game development. No, it's just wild that you have all the money that you're basically stealing from all of the creatives <laughs> on the entire planet. And instead of using it to hire PR, you're just giving more of it to the CEO. Yeah. <sighs> you could hire a PR person to tell you they to not write that question. They got to pick the questions. Well, is so from, right. <laughs> from, from a PR perspective, they're like, is it worse if we sand it? Like Streisand affected by not mentioning it all, but at the, there is no way, there is no good way that you could answer that question um, without people so, seeing directly through it. I have a legitimate question. I'm a musician. The majority of my friends are musician, musicians. The majority of my friends who aren't musicians know that I'm a musician, and we've talked about this before. But do people who do not have any interest in music other than hey there's music coming out on my phone and i like it do they have any idea that artists get screwed by this hmm. um i i mean there's certainly articles being written i don't know yeah. how many of these articles are finding their way outside of sort of our musician bubble because right. i certainly read these articles in hype bot and the verge and you mm -hmm. know digital well, music verge news is and big. things like That's, that the but, verge is big and broad that's good right okay. but you know, I, I don't think these stories are making it out to the the broader community as much. 
because I think if they were, it would probably change the purchasing habits of a lot of people. Because I, what I do see are a lot of artists tweeting out something like, I am, you know, 5% of my income or 1% of my income came from Spotify royalties, you know, of like 20 million streams or whatever. 5% of my income came from 113 sales on Bandcamp. So, you know, don't stream my stuff. If you really love me, buy an album on Bandcamp and I get a lot more money for just one copy. Buy it on Friday because Bandcamp is the the company that keeps giving back. That's right. Bandcamp Friday. Hell yeah, it's coming up. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, hun, because there's this joke that I always see around Twitter that basically, like, in a creative space, everybody is just pushing the same $5 around on Patreon. So it's like <laughs> I'm supporting my creator friend and then they're supporting their creator friend. It's just the same 5 bucks getting pushed around in creative spaces. And, and and it's like everybody else is like, I'm just going to listen to a bunch of Taylor Swift. Let me know when your album drops. I'll give you that scent. <laughs> and and it sucks because it's like it's it's a matter of convenience and it's a matter of the steps needed to take in order for somebody to support you directly through something like a band camp or monthly through a patron versus somebody just being like boop add to library on spotify yeah. it's less friction so i get it but at the same time it's a mm. yeah and there's a company that could totally fix it <laughs> like that but like that they're busy evan making completely useless pr websites two happier topics okay um it coming up after the commercial break we're gonna have jason charles miller in here i love sort of his whole his whole everything his whole every like everything this guy's up to is awesome okay so you know he, he's a he's a video game voiceover artist he's a recording artist but the, the piece that I want to talk to you guys about first before we bring him in and then he'll sort of pick up the thread from there is what he does as a musician on Twitch. Because this is kind of a, a recent phenomenon in the grand scheme of what Twitch is, right? When Twitch started, it was, this is the, this is the platform you go to watch me play Rocket League. And at some point, all you mus- musicians moseyed on over to twitch and kind of made it your thing too and it created this really cool musician culture on the platform of which you two are such fantastic contributors towards and so and so um you know tell us a little bit about just like why twitch of all the platforms like why have you planted your flag here and, and and what do you like about this community guys well at first um i i got paid to be here Um, and it was, I started on Twitch when I started my career in the gaming industry as a frag doll cadet. That was a group of women, um, that were hired to basically kind of be interns and get their foot in the door in the video game industry working under Ubisoft. Um, when I started there, they just happened to be promoting a cool new game called Rocksmith, uh, where you could plug in a real guitar. And I basically signed up and was like, if you don't have the musician who knows how to change a guitar string show off this game, I'm going to throw something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I ended up um, hawking Rocksmith for a while and technically still do. Um, but as part of that, they were like, well, if we release DLC on Tuesdays, uh, why don't you preview it on Mondays on Twitch and then show off the DLC um, so that people can see if they like it, download it, et cetera. And as part of that, because we were musicians and we were doing it together, um, he would play on guitar and I would play on bass and show off the songs. We would break out into songs sometimes and sing along to everything. And people realize like, hey, you're musicians. Why don't you just like grab a guitar sometimes and bring it to the show? 
If you come to our to our Tuesday night show, yes. you'll see this exact scene. Very <laughs> yeah, similarly. yeah, yeah. It looks our, and so it it started from um, one single rocksmith show uh, that was like about an hour, hour and a half to well now we do an hour of rocksmith and then we do an hour acoustic show because people you know dug our musician stuff so much to now um, my current schedule is we do our Tuesday night um, Tuesday if you will. Uh, Tuesday night music show um, where it's acoustic requests um, and covers and originals and all sorts of happy fun. And on Thursdays, then um, I'm doing uh, solo Rocksmith. Um, currently in the process of trying to unlock our own song in the game on <laughs> on bass and PC. Yes. So definitely join join the ride for that. But it, it kind of happened organically um, as a result of folks being like, "Hey, we 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 want we want to see more of this." And I'm like, "Really?" Um, and then it turns out that the more we did that, the more people liked it, just randomly throwing us songs in chat just to see if we know them. And it just kind of evolved into this into this cool thing where we now have an acoustic request channel in our Discord. And we have folks asking us for tunes and like we play to like we average like 20 viewers on a Tuesday. But that is more people than I've ever played for. <laughs> So, so thank you, Twitch. <laughs> and it's great because it's like, it's, we've, we've had people from the UK, we've had people from all sorts of places be able to watch us instead of, you know, just like some random brunch down the street. It's like so many more people have, have access to the music and we can reach so many more people this way. It's awesome. It gives and the community's back. audience are just cool. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah. the community is really cool. And it, it filters over into the Discord channel where yesterday I gave like a 4,800 oh character <laughs> answer to a very simple music theory question. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it would take, it took four pages to get all the things in there. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's interesting to like, I, I'm still playing shows with a band, mm -hmm. you know, all, with multiple bands. Um, and it's, it's cool to be able to come home and still play a show. Yeah. And when the show's done, you turn off the camera and then, then you're home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's freeing in a really cool way. Now, there are lots of live streaming platforms that are out there for musicians. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, uh, Periscope, Stage It. There's, there's a ton. Um, is there something about Twitch that you think that like certain musicians should gravitate to that platform as opposed to another one? Like, Is there a certain kind of musician where you're like, you should really be on Twitch as opposed to something else? I would say if you are a if you are a musician that is also interested in showcasing um, uh, multiple different sides of you, not just your music side, and especially if you consider yourself a gamer, which I think I mean at this point, if at this point you play games on your phone, I consider you a gamer. Let's stop the gatekeeping. It's it's a normal part of our lives, like comic book movies nowadays. It's it's no longer nerdy. It's all mainstream. It's all cool. We could stop with the comic book movies though. That's yeah, just, just for like, except for Blade, we can, we can, we can. Okay, Blade. Sure. But um, however, the like, it's it's all about where your audience is, right? And so find out where your audience gets the majority of their content. So like our folks, because not only are they music fans, but they also play video games, and then also because of my voice acting work, we get a lot of Borderlands fans in the chat. Twitch is like the, that is the audience that that is that is the audience um and then there is the you know kind of like nice little ding ding um that if you do well enough on twitch um and you turn into affiliate check out your contract because you will have a little bit of exclusivity there um so definitely keep tabs on what platform you're going on because 
once you get successful enough, you might have to be nailed down to one platform or find ways of diversifying your stuff so that you don't necessarily break your exclusivity agreement. But I would say if you're skewing a little bit younger, um, I would say folks watch Twitch nowadays as much as, you know, like, like, like Twitch is right next to YouTube on our TV as just like a channel that we flip to yeah. that, that then we have different channels within. The other, the other big thing for me is it's, this is more on the business side of mm -hmm. it, but since, you know, lockdown, quarantine, COVID, blah, 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 the, the club that I was working at, we just went doing straight live streams and, and the band that I play with the most, we just do live streams all the time. Right. And at first you could go live on Facebook and YouTube and what, and even Twitch, but, but Facebook and YouTube and you say, Hey, we're here. We're live. Here's the tip thing. Just throw some money in it. And at first, tips came in. You know, man, hey, look, we made $1,000 this stream. It was wild. Um, that dried up. The, the donations have, have, have long dried up, right? Uh, so we've tried ticketed streams, and there are a handful mm -hmm. of platforms that you can sell tickets to a stream. But that's really, really hard. People don't want to pay $5, 10 15 20 $25 to just watch something on their phone when, of course, everything else on the Internet is free. Why am I going to pay for it? The thing I like the most about Twitch is, like, tipping and supporting the creator is built in. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's part, it's part of, of the, the culture. culture of the platform is that you're, you're expected to, when, when you subscribe to someone, you can subscribe, link up your your um, Amazon Prime account, and you can subscribe to one person every month practically for free. And so that's just sort of built into the culture of you kind of supporting um, your your favorite folks monetarily. That's just a part of the vibe yeah. of, of Twitch. I do love that. And I do relish the opportunity to get to support performers on the platform and, and throw the subs out there, as they call it. I dig that very, very much. Speaking of gaming... Um, I do want to, before we go to break, uh, talk a little bit about what games we're playing right now, because huh. I have just, I, I've gotten obsessed, absolutely oh, no. obsessed with the game. Oh. And as we talked about before the break, my video... Please don't say a terrible game. Please don't say a I terrible know, game. I know, right? I was going to be like, oh God. Oh God, now I'm scared. <laughs> now I don't want to tell be. you, because if it's you terrible, I'm going to feel bad. No, this is going to be great. Okay. Well, be and I preface it by saying this. My tastes in video games are three years behind the culture because I use Game Pass, and so I'm only playing things after they get on Game Pass, which is like 36 months after they're a thing. And so everything I'm going to tell you was like the coolest game in 2019. But Yeah, but that was like yesterday. Who cares? I know. That's right. Well, especially Bring in like it. pandemic years, it all blends together. Well, now I'm afraid to tell you what game it is, Dan. No, it's no, it's probably fine. I've gotten super into the game Control. Do you guys know this game? I mean, yeah. I mean that won a bajillion Game of the Year awards in 2019. I haven't started. Well, I didn't yet. say it was like a little obscure indie title. Like you might not have heard of this. No, 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 no. But I mean, it's called Control. No, I know it's not like super popular. Not, not so much in terms of us hearing about it, but in terms of like you know the the quality of game. You picked a good one. No, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm proud of you, Ryan. <laughs> Thank Madden you. is kind of always kind of trash all the time. Madden. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Like they, yeah. you know, I just they, know that's the other game that you play a lot. I know, and they've been coasting on their brand for like twenty years now. But <laughs> pretty it's, much, it's just yeah. <laughs> like where's John? Where's the lie? <laughs> but Control, I don't, have you guys played this game? I have not had a chance to play Control yet, and I like and I know that I'm going to have a bajillion people yelling at me about that. Okay. But highly recommended, super awesome. Okay, first of all, like awesome female lead, so that's always nice. 
a really cool plot, although I can't understand any of it. It is like <laughs> it is like Twin Peaks level confusing. Oh, but the pieces mm. of the but it does but it seems like it'd be pretty interesting to somebody who actually understands it. But what I love about this game are, is just the gameplay mechanics. So third person shooter hack and slash, but one of the things that your character eventually gains is the ability to do telekinesis. So you can actually just pick up random inanimate objects and fling them at your enemies. Like just park benches, fire extinguishers, and just the, it is so satisfying to just throw some heavy blood object at your enemy and just oh, watch it like break into a million pieces. throwing heavy blunt uh, objects, <laughs> have I got the game for you. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. So I don't know if you've played any of that. We, we might have mentioned it on the show before, but um, also available on Game Pass. I'm also working my way through Game Pass. Best deal in gaming, I would argue. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Hitman. I, I finally finished, oh, yes. I guess, the, the newest Hitman um, in the kind of new Hitman trilogy. Um, that first one is available via Game Pass. And if you haven't played a Hitman game, Brian, I highly recommend this one. It's great. I finally finished it and I took out the the last couple of people uh i knocked out two people in a morgue with two soda cans <laughs> and then took out the final target with a failed uh meat cleaver throw and she just like tossed it to him just, and he went, super didn't catch it and su <laughs> so super super did and, and then shot i shot him in the face hitman uh. is great Hitman is fantabulous. And also, um, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention um, the most ridiculous story, I think, in gaming in terms of, like, zero to hero Cinderella story. Um, they are taking laps at the ball right now. No Man's Sky just dropped an Expeditions update today, which literally answered Evan's primary complaint. Of there's like there's what, what am I supposed to there's so much to do in this game and I have no idea what to do next. And they have like, hi, here is an entire mode with like guided missions and expeditions you can do and challenges you can do. And that game absolutely blows my mind. At least you've awesome. been caping up for No Man's Sky like nobody I've seen on Twitter. I mean, when that game came out, like, didn't it get dumped on a lot? Like, oh, why are you, like, the biggest sucks. supporter of this? Are we all missing because... something? One, we picked it up during quarantine. Hey. Oh. hey. We picked it up about three weeks after they dropped this huge this patch one. that I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know what it was like beforehand, but it's a super fun game after that patch dropped. Yeah. So, I don't know, it came out three years ago and it was kind of not fun for well it didn't months. have bare it, it didn't have a lot of what and this is you know we, we get into expectation management a lot on this show a lot of expectations were built at how beautiful and and vast and wide open this game was and then there wasn't anything to do like a lot of stuff to do and i and i think like multiplayer didn't even like come on until did not exist till, yeah multiplayer did not exist until later and they were cagey about whether or not it existed before yeah the launch, and so. but the the transformation in terms of the amount of transparency and then the updates that they've been able to crank out with very um tangible quality of life improvements every single time that just make the game for, even better for free that's the other thing <laughs> so there's that awesome it's it's it's, it's super fun just like find a cool like space themed playlist or something and then just fly around and and explore different worlds and you know you can even play it like pokemon snap if you want just take just analyze 
a bunch of creatures and plants and stuff and get money for it and it's and, so uh, it could be a cozy game if you want it to it's vibes yeah. man oh, yeah. it oh. is vi- there's a creative mode in it that you could you could go full just vibes on it it's so good all right i'll, I'm a, I'll have that on my my list after i get through control because you you've sold me on it now all right we're gonna take a quick break jason charles miller joining us afterward on break the business don't go anywhere ryan Corella here I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm, RKPA, does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTV Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Our guest joining us now on the program is a recording artist, a Twitch streamer, a voiceover artist whose credits include pretty much every video game Elisa loves. Uh, his new album, From the Wreckage Part 1, is available now, and you can find out more about his work by visiting jasoncharlesmiller.com. Jason Charles Miller joining us on Break the Business. Hi, Jason. What up? <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it is going absolutely fantastic. It is so great to talk to you. Oh, my God. You win for best backdrop we've ever had as a guest on this program. It's all all here. It's all here, too. This is like my uh, this is my streaming spot. That's awesome. Nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're they're he's kicking the crap out of your setup. (laughs) So look at that. Yeah. You like my Christmas lights? (laughs) No, you guys have those killer gamer chairs. I've just got like this wooden. This wooden chair, but you know, I don't know, keeps me keeps me humble or something. I don't know. All right, can, oh, you, can, can you be board. honest with us? Is that like authentic wood behind you, or is that just a no, backdrop? That's the only thing that's not authentic. I got this on Amazon for ten bucks. It looks but, magnificent. But this is real. This is like a metal. I got this in uh, in Park City, Utah. This guy, uh, the Bow- the uh, Bowerbird Studios, makes these metal uh, skulls, and everything else is is real. Oh. But. Uh, it's absolutely uh, gorgeous. What a treat for your Twitch viewers to get to see that uh, on your weekly streams. I dig that a lot. Let's pick up the conversation from what we were talking about before the break, Jason, about sure. getting started in Twitch as a musician, because this is something you do a lot of. You built a really cool community there that are just down with everything that you're doing. 
What got you started with Twitch? What made you go with that streaming platform? Well, it, uh, it's kind of in a similar situation uh, to Elisa. So I started um, on a, a show uh, in 2015 on the on Geek and Sundry's Twitch, ah. which at the time was like the most subscribed Twitch channel uh, of for a couple years in a row. Slightly and, more um, subscribers than we have, yeah. Uh, a couple more, yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, I just sort of fell into it because I had been doing a lot of work with Felicia Day before that for her show, The Guild, uh, which started on YouTube. And then she launched Geek and Sundry, which originally was a YouTube channel. And then uh, they were really an early adopter to Twitch. And so I, it, it sort of made me see the community firsthand. But I did so much there that I never really launched my own channel until the pandemic. But what I found is that once I launched it, uh, there's so many people from the Geek and Sundry community and Critical Role, which I wrote all the theme songs for and appeared on the show um, and, and had done other things. And there's so many people from those communities that already knew me that that's why Twitch was a natural place for me to go on my own. Um, and uh, it's less about, it's funny because, um, and they have a music department now, which is very supportive. And I've had several conversations with them and they're like, it's less about bringing your fans over i mean of course they want that but what what they say actually works better is finding the people that are here on twitch already to find you do you have any advice on that because there there's a ton of people on this platform the lion's share of them are still watching video games they're on all the video game categories right. how right. have you what tactics have you used how have you had success getting some of those people to gravitate towards those game channels to getting over to your channel um, it's interesting. Um, I find that uh, luckily the the music tab uh, is sort of algorithmically helping people more. And now editorially, they're going to be able to help people as well. So soon the music department will actually have control over that um, it, to a certain extent. But it's interesting. I launched, so I launched Miller's Music Mondays, which is a talk show uh, slash music show. I run it like a songwriter round. So I have a different guest every week. And so I'll play a song and then they'll play a song and I'll play a song and they'll play a song uh, and we'll, and we'll talk and it'll go back and forth. But what's crazy is the thing about Twitch for as much as I want that to be like the, the Hallmark show of my channel, my Wednesday night request show, which I'm doing in about 90 minutes, my request shows always earn more money, get more followers get more subscribers because I'm constantly interacting with people in chat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the interaction is the key to Twitch. And um, there's just something, the way it's set up, the way the platform is set up. Uh, I, I have this, I, I talk about the way um, I'm not a huge fan of Instagram live. And, and the reason that I'm not is Anything that you're asking people to take over control of their phone that, you know, I've seen it where, you know, I follow like, you know, a lot of big stars on Instagram and I saw Brad Paisley go live and, you know, he has like 2 million followers, at least on Instagram. He had like a thousand people watching him because nobody wants to uh, give up control of their phone for more than a minute or two because mm. you got stuff to do. Right. So so if, if the only way you can watch Instagram live 
really is on your phone, that's sort of the, I think that's the, the limit there. Whereas with Twitch, people make it an event and they, and more people just watch it on their computer. Um, you know, and I could be wrong on all of these things and there could be statistics telling me this, but that these are all just my, my gut experiences with me anyway. Yeah. I, I would like piggy that that sounds apt because at least like on our shows, what's really funny is sometimes I don't know if you experience this on your shows, but like, sometimes you'll like see the viewer count and you'll be like, all right. And then you'll see like the folks chatting. You're like, huh. And then it's like, no, 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 I'm here. I just have you on in the background while I'm doing stuff. Like you're the soundtrack to my sure. fill in the blank. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's cool because like even on the Twitch mobile app, you have the option to do like an audio only stream um, on the mobile app. And now with new iOS is you can even do like picture in picture on Twitch. So you don't even have to like get off Twitch to right. go. You can have the little Twitch thing going. I love going and Twitch picture in picture so your email, much. Check every, yeah. Check every other social easier. media. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just easier for folks. So it makes sense. That's my, my, my favorite feature. And so there's so much we could talk to Jason about because he brings so many cool things to the table that you do as an entertainer, Jason. And I do want to give some discussion that's certainly warranted to what you do on the VO side, because as we said during the intro, you voiced right. pretty much every video game that Evan and Elisa are obsessed with <laughs> Diablo three world of Warcraft three, so many other countless examples of just, just awesome games and you playing awesome characters in those games. And Jason, you also, we also happen to have Elisa here who is also a video game VO artist uh, awesome. from borderlands three. And so I'm, I'm in the, it's like having an expert panel here, but I'd like to get your story. About that. What got you started in VO yeah. for video games? How'd you find your way into that part of the industry? Through anime. So um, about 17 years ago, I started doing voices for anime and um, you know, a lot of the same producers and directors that, uh, that, that produce anime also uh, their company will branch out and do video games too. So I don't even remember the first time I did a video game, um, but you know, it, it must've been at, at, le at least 12, 15 years ago now. And what happened was, you know, you, 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 if you make a good impression on, on, on one group of producers or directors, you know, uh, and, and do a good job and, and get a couple of, of good opportunities, uh, it will, it, you know, it'll start to multiply. And um, uh, I ended up getting, you know, I've had agents along the way that, uh, that really helped me with all that. And, and gotten lucky here and there and just have gotten good like I said, a good reputation with people and that and that's they they keep rehiring me which is great <laughs> that is great now for for the it's, it sounds like from what you're saying it's a it's a lot of sort of one job building off the next job and you building that community but if i told you you had to start from zero and you wanted yeah. to achieve what you've achieved or some measure of what you've achieved as a vo artist in video games where would you start? And this is sort of a way of seeing what advice you could give to the folks out there who are seeing what you're doing and are thinking, I could do that. How do I get going in it? Right. Well, I mean, first of all, the pandemic has kind of frozen everything hmm. um, in the sense that like, you know, uh, new people trying to break into the business in the last year have really had a tough time because there's no, uh, there's no events. There's no uh, meeting you know, no one is auditioning new people right now because half the people are recording either from their house or from their, their home studio. Um, um, 
we've started to go back in, but under really strict protocols, but let's throw all that out the window. Okay. Let's say that things are kind of back to normal or whatever. Um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend people to take classes first. Um, and I did that early on too. And I'm really glad that I did. You'll learn the terminology. Um, and I would also recommend taking not necessarily a voice acting class first, but take an acting class. Like show me that you can look, it's, it's really easy to like mimic Bart Simpson, but <laughs> it's a lot harder to like, as Bart Simpson, make me believe that you've just been shot and you're about to die and you're telling me your last breath, you know? Um, and that's really the, what, what, what we have to do as voice actors is really convey everything with our, with our voice, which is funny because I, um, I occasionally do things on camera for acting and I, I've, I've had the good fortune of like being cast in a few movies without having to audition. Cause quite honestly, I overact like crazy on camera because I'm so used to having to do everything with my voice so that when I'm on camera, I'm like, you know, just, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm like a, a, a weird, uh, I don't, I don't know, like I'm on, on, uh, taking crazy pills or something. Right. You know? Uh, so it's, it's definitely a, a skill that I have developed, take very seriously. And although we'll always be a musician first and never put that ahead of it. Um, it, I take it just as seriously because there are so many amazing performers in this field, like, you know, Shakespearean trained actors that I'm that I'm acting with you know people that have dedicated their entire life to acting and I happen to be acting with them on this particular day or or against their performance or anything so I know how seriously they take it and that's how seriously I take it too um I even uh last year before the pandemic hit I took another class just to make sure that uh you know there were there's there's always more things that you can learn so you've really dedicated yourself to using this time to, you know, since if you can't get in the studio as much to, to just learn more about the industry. Now, when you say take classes, um, what sort of classes uh, would, would, a, would a person who wants to get into your line of work take? If, if it's, if you're just talking about VO acting classes. Yeah, luckily there's a lot of VO classes online that you can take and there's coaches oh, cool. as well. Um, and uh, I mean, voiceover resource guide uh, that is a great place to look. I mean, but before everything was done remotely, um, you know, I would say you really need to live in New York or L.A. because so many of the jobs are there. Um, and that's still kind of the case, especially now that studios are reopening and things are getting kind of back to normal. Um, uh, there, there are, of course, there are uh, exceptions and there are uh, game companies all over the country, all over the world. But, you know. Uh, you know, as I'm sure Elisa can attest, it's like you, you you get cast in a game and then your part's done. And then what's next? Right? Yeah. Where's the next job? So it's like, we're always looking for the next job. I mean, I've got auditions to record later tonight because there, you know, you never know what's next and you never know how long this specific job is going to last. Without yep, a doubt. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> in terms of, um, I, I have a question just because like I, 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 I've taken a class. I did, um, I, I was lucky enough to work at Gearbox and and help with Temp VO, and they're like, "Hey, maybe you should audition." I'm like, "Really?" Um, and then and then thankfully I, I I got the part, and it's still pinch worthy. Um, but <laughs> I I ended up taking an 
acting class, um, but specifically for anime, because I was like, oh, um, because we live in Dallas, um, Funimation, Funimation, sure. Funimation is there. Alaska for them. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot of overlap between video game voice acting and anime voice acting, especially in this geographic space. So I was like, well, yeah. you know, let, let me see if that's something I could be into. Um, matching mouth flaps is so much harder than it looks. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! Oh yeah, and 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 the fact that you, I think, I guess that was your first. I cut gig. my teeth on that, so it's luckily so for me, it's like you know, but it's it's tough. I mean, especially I remember watching behind the scenes of um, you know how last year they did that Dark Crystal series, mm-hmm. um, and like Jason Isaacs, you know this this incredible actor was was talking about how difficult ADR was matching the opening and closing mouths of the Skeksis. You know, and I was like yelling at the screen going, that's what we all do in anime, dude. <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. It's it's so rough. It's all about like like the timing and the emotion and, and having to time it exactly. And it's just, whoa, like mad respect for anybody who's doing anime dubbing. That's just. <laughs> do, do you have a preference as to what you like to do more? Original animation is my favorite. Uh, original animation and video games. Uh, but I think original animation takes the takes the cake because, like, for example, I was I've had the great fortune of of working on um, six episodes of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and that was like you know ten plus years ago now. But um, anytime you do original animation, most of the time everyone's there. Mm. So you have a table read with the main cast all around a big table literally a table read then we go into the studio and each one of us is our our own individual booth and we run it like a radio play and so you run the whole episode from beginning to end and if the director doesn't like the way you did a line she'll make a little note and then afterwards when we when we finished with the 22 minutes of the episode she'll be like hey jason can you give me uh that line you know about the spear just give that to me like three times uh three different ways you know, and then once they like that, it's great. Then they animate to your performance. Uh, then if there's any last minute changes after the animation, they bring you back in and you do ADR again, like much like you're doing anime. I didn't know um, animation was done that way. I guess, I mean, I always thought you were just alone in the booth and everybody was recorded separately. So, so for this kind of original animation, they still do it. Like it's kind of like being on a sitcom table reads. Yeah, they do. That must I, be so I did boring. an episode of um, Batman, the Brave and the Bold. And I remember, um, you know, um, Dietrich Bader was was Batman. And uh, I, I can uh, see that Tom Kenny, you know, who SpongeBob was Plastic Man. I was playing Doll Man and uh, right next. So Tom Kenny's to, to my left and uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who's like Cleveland Jr. He's on like everything. He's to my right. And Dietrich Bader's Batman, and I kind of had a freak out moment, and I'm like, "Why am I in the room with all of these great people?" And then I said to myself, "Well, if you're in the room, you deserve to be there. So snap out of it, dude, and do your job." You know, and I did. I mean, no one saw me freak out. It was just like a whoa, I'm in a room with all these people that I've either like heard their voice for years or watched them on TV, and uh, yeah, it was a moment. But but um, you know, so so yeah, it's it's the most fun i remember um i was doing um sort of a a bunch of secondary characters on a different batman production and um it was me tara strong and uh and uh john dimaggio who of course is bender in um you know uh 
uh, Futurama. Futurama, and and he's uh, you know Jake the dog on Adventure Time, and it was like the most fun I, I I I've had on a gig ever because he's constantly cutting up and just doing ad libs and you know just making us all laugh and so yeah original animation I would say out of all the voiceover gigs I've done that's the most fun the least fun audiobooks. <laughs> you just have to com- you just have to concentrate on the, uh, it, it's you know you have to fully focus because if you mess anything up you got to go back and fix it again um it's also a weird pay scale where you don't get paid by the hour you get paid by the finished hour so oh, if you're slow oh. you're just penalizing yourself yeah so uh <laughs> so yeah audiobooks are the slog and uh, original animation is the most fun. Awesome. Uh, listeners and viewers, find out more about our guest's work by visiting jasoncharlesmiller.com. So, Jason, here's here's what I have propose here. Uh, okay. I have been told, and I'm very happy to hear this, that you have a song prepared for us, uh, presumably off your new album, From the Wreckage, Part 1. Yeah. Before we have you jam out, I want to get this out of the way first. Let me do our last question with you, and then we'll let you... Uh, play and just we're going to enjoy the heck out of that so before we before we have you rock out do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward yeah i do um actually you know look uh the industry changes every six months right and so i got my first record deal in like 1994 okay (laughs) so like from the way things were then to the way things were in the 2000s the way things were in the 2010s to the way things are now Um, what I would recommend is try to make sure you're always, uh, producing more content than you're consuming. You know, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you're, that you're, that you're putting it out, but make sure as a creator that, um, that the entertainment that you're trying to make as a creator, make sure that you're, that you're putting, that you're putting more effort into that than you are consuming it because you'll, you'll, you can very easily get trapped in, um, you know, not, uh, you know, you can get, you can get in a trap. So set goals for yourself, set release goals for yourself, set deadlines for yourself to finish. I want to finish this EP by this time, you know, and it will, it will push you. It'll push you a lot harder. Uh, I work great with deadlines, uh, usually for other people too. I've had a, you know, once again, super grateful and thankful, um, you know, that I have three songs in cyberpunk 2077 and I have eight songs in idol champions that just came out today, but I had deadlines for all that stuff, you know, and, and, uh, there's another uh, couple of vid- video games that I have songs in coming out that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Another huge role. I can't wait to come. There's a huge role that I've got that's coming out later this year, and I'll have to come back on and we can just nerd out about it because it's definitely like, you know, game game of like game of the century kind of thing, like game of the career for me. In fact, even over the pandemic, when I I got ca- uh, believe it or not, I got cast as Optimus Prime in world of warships they did a transformers uh crossover i mean talk about like you know banner moment for yourself to have optimus prime in your uh resume for the rest of your life you know okay alisa your brother would freak out (laughs) absolutely (laughs) 
I did What's know we were talking name? to royalty. What? What's your brother's name? Oh, it's just oh. like this is Oh, her. Ricardo. Yeah, but he's obsessed with transport. Oh. Ricardo, like us, there's more to you than meets the eye. Yeah! <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes! That's brilliant. Oh, best sister ever. What? Don't have to get him a present. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Oh my god. Um and somehow we're going to do even better than that cuz uh, Jason's going to play for us. What song are you playing for us, Jason? Uh so I'm going to do a song off of my new album From the Wreckage Part 1 and um I decided to split the album into like two parts. So there's sort of two mini albums. Uh Spotify and Amazon Music and and Apple Music. If your album is, if your collection of songs is seven songs or more, it's considered an album. So I didn't want to do an EP because, uh, as you guys probably know, once you once your EP isn't the latest release, it gets pushed all the way to the bottom with your singles. Yep. But if you make it seven songs, it's an album, so it'll always stay at the top of your discography. So that's that's a tip, uh, right there. So so this is a seven song mini album. Uh, in October, I'm putting out an eight-song mini album, and then next year I've got another one coming. But anyway, so this is a, uh, it's it's twofold actually, and it's sort of in in the theme of since we're on a podcast. My friend has a uh, Kurt Cazares has a podcast called What's Your Name Again, which is all about uh, surviving in Hollywood, and uh, he told me uh, sort of a bit about the about the show. And I said, I think I've got the song for you. And it was one that I hadn't released yet. So for a year, this has been out, but only on his podcast. And now it's out, you know, for everyone to, cons- to uh, consume. And uh, it's called um, Losing My Way. Let me get a little drink here. Okay. Ready? Let's do it. time I try to stand, just keep falling over. I can try to pull my bootstraps up, but I can't stop getting older. Oh, think you know how that goes. Every day I grab the wrong, put me on that ladder. Can I slip three notches down just to pretend that it don't matter? Oh, think you know that the keeps on rising while I'm in the surviving. That night keeps on moving. Day and night, just keep my head above that water. Every battle that I fight just grabs me even lower. I just can't take this one, oh no, I'm now, but just can't take it. I clap, push back up and down, grab the clown, big, big, big. Oh, did you know that fire keeps on 
Jason Charles Miller, everybody. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was tremendous. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, no problem. And you know what? I thought of, uh, while I was playing the song, I thought of another good reason as to why I like Twitch so much, and that is raids. Raids. Yeah. Because basically, you know, once you sort of become friends with other musicians, or in my case, other nerds as well, like we all raid each other. So you could be just playing your playing and all of a sudden somebody will show up with 300 people. It's yep. your job yep. to keep them, you know, but like that, that doesn't happen on any other platform either. And I think that happened really to us cool and that was feature. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got on Monday night, I got rated with like 350 people. So, you know, what are you going to do? Oh yeah. Uh, keep playing. Yeah, that was right. awesome. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Jason, you're the coolest. Um, you ever want to come by again, don't hesitate. Well, you, this is open invitation. We, like, you have so much great insight to share on so many different aspects of the entertainment industry. We would love to be graced by your presence anytime. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Right on. And uh, I'll be back on my Twitch channel in just one hour. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, come say hi. Oh, awesome. That's Jason Charles Miller, everybody. You can check him out at jasoncharlesmiller.com, keeping it simple for us. Oh, man, he's, he's tremendous. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm giddy. That was so, so Jason, good. next time we have events, let's hang out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that you would love We're to be like a guest back. on when he has guests, right? Like, like seriously, just, just generally when cons and events come back let's 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 high five amicable greeting of your choice that was awesome oh god he was so good all right <laughs> so good. let's compose ourselves people okay. uh, before we sign off for this week um i promised myself that if we had even a smidge of time i was going to do something on this podcast that would be very embarrassing for me in the oh, spirit of okay. voiceover, oh, perfect. okay, since right. we're talking about VO work this week, I'm kind of hoping that Jason Charles Miller leaves the green room before he sees that, but it doesn't look like he's going to, so I'm going to embarrass myself in front of him, too. Oh, thank God. He left. Good. So, the year is 1998. No, Ryan. Bill Clinton is running the country. The Macarena is uh, falling off its peak, and... A young 13-year-old by the name of Ryan Carella oh, does some absolutely terrible voiceover work. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, no. Um, so let me it, it's gonna take me a second to pull this up. So in 1998, um 
Oh, God, here it is. In 1998, I uh, did a cartoon. What? That's what is God? this? Oh, my God. What channel is this? <laughs> no channel is the question. So there was this cartoon in, I think it was originated in Spain. It was called Nico. And it was about a, a boy who is blind. And every episode is like an inspirational story about how this young blind boy uh, overcomes obstacles. And it's super heartwarming. And when we, when, when we were teenagers, my sister and I did a couple voices for this show. And we never saw the program. It never, to my knowledge, ever aired on any American television that we <laughs> have become aware of. And so this... This tour de force, dare I say, was lost to history until YouTube. YouTube has brought us the old episodes of this show, and I've managed to find a clip of me doing just some god-awful voiceover work. And you will also hear a familiar voice in this because my sister, who produces this show... Does she know you're about to do this? She does not. She had no idea. <laughs> and she is shaking her, her face head is now. Red. I don't think Lauren remembers what her character was or what she said. She's freaking out, as am I. And this is going to be really sweating. I know. Like, this is, I'm telling you guys right now. This the secondhand is bad, embarrassment, okay? because also, for the record, like, we were probably in middle school together by this point. I mean, yeah. And so, like, like 13, so, 14. Like, I have a vision of middle school ryan and i, I have am pictures just... of middle school ryan oh <laughs> i'd love to hear the voice that came okay. out of this little yeah, person yeah yeah okay. that's oh, well you're we go. gonna recognize the voice right away okay it's definitely me but <laughs> what was this like you know like 20 years younger and doing like and i remember the direction the director gave me in the booth which was give me like a buzz light year so oh, bless that's where we are, okay? And now, uh, oh, God help me. I, I give us uh, Nico. This is a very short clip. I didn't have a lot of lines, but here we go. You gotta be kidding me. I've come to play, not to work for a one-handed guy. Count me out. Whoa, Let's go. my dad says that one-handed men can't play cards because they never win a hand. Oscar is as nice as usual. Well, guys, who's gonna cut the lawn? Cutting a lawn? Leave it to me. And I'll help you, Minimax. Me too. Oh, Ryan, your pecs. If you don't want to mow the lawn, then you'll have to train and learn goalball. So, there you go. Wow. Now, oh, you have wonderful pecs in this show. There, there's a couple things about that scene that I need to explain to the listeners because they can't see it that make it all the more disgusting. So, yes, as you note, my character in that scene grunts and then, like, flexes so hard his shirt rips off. Jacked. Also... The two girls that are swooning over my character are voiced by sister. my sister. <laughs> so, um, oh, now, boy. I have more. Oh. <laughs> now, to set up this scene, because I, I watched oh, yeah. this ahead of time, the floor, th th there is, a, imagine a field that is covered in sheep droppings, and we need to clear the field of all the sheep droppings, and we decide to do it by... Uh, Chipping the cheap droppings with golf clubs into a, um, you know, larger pen. Why? I don't know. I didn't watch the whole episode. It was very traumatic for me. But here we go. Be quick, girls. We did it! We did we did it. it. Yeah. Incredible, you're finished. Sure, we're number one. 
Kids, the course is full of sheep droppings. Your work stinks. Clean this up now. Oh, hey. Don't you worry. Give us just a moment. You're telling me not to worry? My course is covered this is with it. Huh? And that's my sister golfing sheep droppings. <laughs> I can't do any more of that. You know what it sounds like? Prepare for the DMCA takedown, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> This, this was worth the inevitable copyright infringement suit. Um, you know what it reminds me of, like, listening back to it? Did you ever go to, like, the Innoventions exhibit at Epcot yes. where they would show, like, a cartoon and then be like, add your voice to the cartoon? And you're like, wow, my voice isn't nearly as good as all these trained professionals. That's That's what this feels like listening back to this. I'll say you did a great job. That was good. Proud of you, Slugger? No, I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like, like, I was expecting something like fire cringe, but like, no, it was pretty good. That was pretty sad. JC would like to know why is that child on Royce? I would like to know as well. And also, why are, why are we golfing golf balls? Oh, like, I, let me go back here. Oh, oh, never mind. I took the screen away. Uh, I can, I can share this screen again. Why it just, like, it just stopped on this, which is just so disturbing. Just, uh, just, <laughs> you know, poop on a sheep's head, and that's how we end Ryan's... Uh, we could just go full I, screen on that and fade the show out. Yeah, that's just rude. It's, yeah. it's an apt metaphor for Ryan's uh, foray into the voiceover business, just that big pile of poop on the sheep's head. That's, that's about <laughs> right. Um, there's actually another episode that I voiced later in the season that I don't think I could show. Like, There is not a level of intoxication that could... It's so bad. I would love for to find charity? that level. Yeah. No. Oh, for charity. <laughs> Maybe if we get to a hundred followers. Okay. I'll I'll show this. I mean, it's 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 so bad. Okay. Anyway, uh, my thanks to Jason Charles Miller, um, and my thanks to you guys. As always love you very much for doing this. This has been an absolute treat, and thanks to everybody for checking out Break the Business. We'll see you next week. <laughs>